Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Yirmiyahu Perek, Mem Aleph, Jeremiah chapter 41. Shavua Tov, Chodesh Tov. We hope that this month, this week, will be better than last week. Our soldiers are still at Miluim, um, waiting to enter Aza, and we send them all of our love and all of our support and all of our prayers. Today, I wish I could tell you we have an optimistic chapter, but chapter 41 tells the story of the assassination of Gedalia ben Achikam by Ishmael ben Netanyahu ben Alishama Mizera Hamlucha. Ishmael uh, ben Netanyahu. He is Mizera Hamlucha, he's part of the royalty, and he is apparently in cahoots with the king of Ammon, and he decides to murder Gedalia. Let's remind ourselves of the story so far. The Chorban has happened. Gedalia has been appointed the governor of the land of Yehuda by the Babylonians, and slowly people have started coming back. People who were refugees during the war have started coming back to the country, and um, they are going back to villages, they are gathering in the crops, and there's a good chance that the Jewish community in the land of Yehuda can survive without their king and without their Mikdash, but at least a Jewish population and a Jewish presence in the land. And Gedalia is leading this entire enterprise. Ishmael ben Netanyah is going to be the person who murders Gedalia. And we sort of wonder why he does this. Some people have suggested that since he is Mizera Hamlucha, since he's part of the royal family, he sees uh, Gedalia as a turncoat, as a collaborator with the enemy. They get this from Pasuk Bet, where it says, Because the king of Babylon had appointed him in the land. In other words, that is their opposition. If you look back at chapter 40, verse 14, we have a rumor that that actually he is being hired by the king of Ammon. Maybe the king of Ammon wants to weaken the Jews in the land of Israel and take their land, expand his borders to the land of Israel. Is that possible? that Ishmael ben Netanyahu has no loyalties whatsoever. And maybe this is precisely the point. The name Ishmael ben Netanyahu, as opposed to the name Gedalia ben Achikam, is mentioned something 30, 30 times in this chapter 41, over and over and over, far more than the narrative would need. Is this saying that there is some personal rivalry between them? Now, of course, that should... That should just emphasize. Look back at chapter 40, verse 9. Gedalia made a, a treaty with Ishmael ben Netanyahu. He's the first one in the list. They had sworn allegiance and loyalty to him. And now they backstab him. When? On which day? On Rosh Hashanah itself. It was on the seventh month on Rosh Hashanah. We don't fast on Rosh Hashanah, so we push off the fast of Gedalia to the third of Tishrei. But 
And that is what happens. After they've assassinated Gedaliah, we see things get even worse. In Pasuk Dalet, it was on the second day. Nobody yet knew. A delegation came from Shiloh and Shomron, 80 people, Begadim, 80 people who were in state of mourning with their clothes torn, and they're coming to bring sacrifices, mincha, a, a, a flower sacrifice, it seems like even though they know that the that Chorban has happened and the temple has been destroyed, they are so distraught that they come to bring a flower sacrifice. 80 people coming in a procession all the way to Jerusalem as they, as they get close to Jerusalem in this place called Mitzbeh. By the way, we think that Mitzbeh might be where today Nebi Samuel is. Nebi Samuel, just north of Ramot. Um, they come to Gedalia thinking this is the place to go. Of course, Gedalia is dead. And Ishmael murders these this delegation of people. Uh, it says here, Pasuk Chet, but 10 of the 80 say, don't kill us. We've hidden things in the field. We've hidden um, wheat and barley and oil and, and, and honey. So he didn't kill them. What's this strange detail? And I think it comes to tell us something. First of all, that means if 10 of them persuaded him that they had things hidden and there were 80 who came to him, he killed 70 people. Well, that's sort of like a code in the Tanakh because we remember some of the worst villains of the Tanakh. For example, um, Avimelech in the book of Shoftim, he is is a real uh, a disgusting personality who's only interested in his own power. And he kills the 70 sons of Gidon, uh, kills 70 people just so that he can rule. Even in the story of Yehu, Yehu, who has probably the most bloody re revolt in the book of Kings, he demands that the heads of 70 sons of Ahav are delivered to him. In other words, this is a classic hallmark of bloodthirsty biblical characters. So the notion of Ishmael ben Netanyahu killing 70 people and then leaving 10 alive just so that he can, you know, what do they manage to do, essentially? They manage to bribe him. He doesn't come out as, he comes out not only as bloodthirsty, but as greedy. And now what does he do after he's finished all of this? Uh, we'll talk about where he throws their bodies in a few minutes. But then he takes all the people um, and starts on a procession um, to wards, towards Amon. They get to Givon, the Maim Rabim Asheb Givon. I have to tell you, the Maim Rabim, the, the great water system in Givon, is a place which we know from uh, the beginning of Shmuel Bet, which was a classic place where one of the, the worst acts of infighting took place. The soldiers of Ishboshet or the soldiers of Avner against the soldiers of David and Yoav have a fight. And the, the famous phrase in that chapter, Will the sword consume forever? Enough killing, enough bloodshed, enough, enough blood, brotherly hatred. Likewise, it tells us that where did they throw the corpses of all of these dead people? It says, Pasuk Tet, the, the 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 pit into which Ishmael threw all of the corpses was the very pit which Asa Hamelech Asa Mitnei Ba'asha Melech Israel. 
What this story is doing is recalling another episode, the story of the civil war between Baasha, the king of the north, and Asa, the king of the south, um, which also led to a huge amount of, of bloodshed. And it was a, probably one of the worst stories in the early days of the kings of, of infighting. So basically what this story has done is it is obliquely referenced two, two of the worst cases of infighting that we've seen, one in the days of David, one in the days of the kings Asa and Baasha. And essentially what it's doing is it's, it's driving home this notion that this is absolutely, it's not bad enough that the Khorban has happened. There seems to be, we've spoken about the notion of the She'irit, the, the She'irit Apleta, the, the small remnant. There's still something to be salvaged. And now this Ishmael ben Netanyah, out of either politics or greed, or out of some sort of, uh, you know, gain that he thinks he's going to get, thinks that he can assassinate and, and cause terrible distress to the future of the Jewish people. Um, he's going along with all of the survivors and suddenly they come and they meet one of the other people who swore allegiance to Gedalia, Yohanan ben Koreach ve kol And it's at this point that a battle ensues and all of the people that Ishmael had captured in Mitzpah, and they go to Yochanan ben Koreach and they tell him what's happened. And Ishmael ben Netanyah manages to get away with another eight people, and off they go to the Ammonites. And it says, Yochanan ben Koreach and all the Sarechayalim, with all the She'irita arm, with the remnant of the people, go back to Mitzpah, and obviously they find everything sort of shattered there. It talks about the Nashim, the Taf, um, and now they start fearing. They say, they decide that maybe they will go down, maybe they will simply leave the country and go to Egypt. Why? They're worried that the Babylonians, once the Babylonians find that their own governor has been assassinated, they're, they're totally fearful. The Babylonians are going to come, they're going to make reprisals, they're going to say these Jews, you can't rely on them, and suddenly they're going to find the Babylonian troops back with full force, and the country once again consumed by violence. They say, why don't we go down to Egypt instead? So we're going to take up that story about whether or not they went to Egypt and under what conditions they went to Egypt, that will be our class for tomorrow. That's it for today. Lehitraot.